You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. In today's show, the Texans get a key player back from injury, and we go behind enemy lines with Matt Danley, who covers the Indianapolis Colts for Stampede Blue and the Colts cast. Matt will help us preview this Sunday's game. Welcome aboard, everybody. I'm Robert Land from the Houston Sports Talk Podcast. Thanks for diving into your best daily source of Texans news, views, and interviews. And we'll start off with some good news for Deontay Foreman. The Texans running back and last year's third-round pick was added back to the 53-man roster. Natrell Jamerson was released to make room for Foreman. So we'll see if Foreman is actually activated and plays this week. But now the Texans have added some more depth in the backfield and perhaps a better short yardage option. Now let's bring in a longtime friend of the show, Matt Danley, to preview this Sunday's Colts game. Good to catch up with you, Matt. Good to be here, Robert. How you doing, my man? Doing pretty good. I mean, we're doing good. we got a nine-game winning streak going on, but uh, we're just watching you guys on Sunday. And, I mean, you know, we see – uh, we're concentrating on the Texans game, so we see uh, the, the Colts lost six to nothing. What ha- what happened to the Colts on six to nothing? Man, I wish I knew. Honestly, Robert, I was sitting there watching the game, going, "What is going on?" I mean, you know, they had a couple really long drives. They end up getting no points out of them. They go for fourth fourth down conversions twice, don't get either of them, and you know, it just seemed like there was just a constant. A uh, lack of, you know, there was just no momentum ever building, even though they were going on these long drives. Uh, the defense did their job. You know, the defense caused a turnover. The defense did real well to the line of scrimmage. It was just the offense. You know, the offensive line wasn't as as on point as they had been. Andrew Luck wasn't on as on point as he had been. We had some drops. We had, you know, like I said, a couple of missed conversions. They weren't great on third downs. And, you know, it just seemed like a kind of a, perfect storm against a good defense that stepped back up and looked like their 2017 version of them as opposed to what they've shown this year. So, I mean, I told my listeners, you know, do not expect the Colts to go in there and mop the floor with the Jaguars. The Colts never play well down there uh, in Florida. And it just was something that I expected it to be a close game. I did not expect it to be a zero touchdown game for either team. So I, I was surprised myself. I, I thoroughly expected the Colts to at least put three scores on the board, but it, it, I mean, man, I wish I knew. <laughs> I wish I knew what was really wrong with them that game. I mean, it, it just the offense just was not clicking. I don't think that it's as simple to say as Ryan Kelly was out, Jack Doyle's on IR. I just feel like they just had a, a several uh, several things go wrong and, and several things just not meshing together very well, uh, and. and no points for this offense is a complete disaster, to be quite honest with you. Any chance they were looking ahead a little bit? I mean, this this game this week, you know, for the Colts, probably even without the loss was going to be a bigger game than it was for the Texans with the, the lead that the Texans has built up uh, in the last couple of weeks. I don't think it was anything like that. I just don't see that there was a lot of the focus that the Colts needed on on such an important game. I mean, Maybe they, you know, kind of looked past them a little bit. But as far as looking ahead, no, I don't think so. Because I think they understand that every game in this division, regardless of what it's looked at as nationally, is a, tight, is a, is a tough game. I mean, the Colts blew out the Titans. I don't think anybody expected to see that. 
you know, and then you get them lo- losing a six nothing battle against Cody Kessler. I mean, my God, I don't think anybody saw that either. So, I mean, I think it just proves that anything can happen within the AFC South. And, you know, sometimes when you're not fully prepared, you get, you get, uh, you get shown the door. So I think that was uh, more or less along the lines of what we saw on Sunday. Let me ask you this. Cause uh, one of the things that obviously everybody looks back at when you look back at the season, both for the Texans and the Colts is that first game that they played and I'm wondering from the perspective of Colts fans and, and people in Indianapolis, how much talk has there been of, hey, if we just settle for the tie there, you know, it's right now it's it's we, we never would have guessed this is where we would be with the Colts and the Texans, really the two teams that I guess everybody uh, looks to as the best chance to win the division, although maybe the Titans have gotten back in it with the Colts loss. But I mean, look, looking back at that game, I mean, our Colts fans at all upset about how Frank Reich went about things at the end of the overtime? Mm, I don't think so, Robert. You know, I was one that thought that it was a silly, a silly play, personally. I just didn't think that it was wise when you know that you're in the division where you know that, or at least you have a good idea at that time even, that you're probably going to be in a tight race for a playoff spot. Because the at the time, the Texans were not blowing, you know, they were not, on top of their game. The Titans were as, you know, wishy-washy as you can get. And the Jaguars, who at the time, if I'm not mistaken, were probably expected to be the the leaders of the division, you know, you just can't trust them because they had Blake Bortles. I just felt like there was too many questions around the rest of the division to go ahead and just say, well, we're either going to lose or we're not. You know what I mean? I just didn't like that approach at the time. <clears throat> But a lot of Colts fans, I think, and, and, and rightly so even on this side. I mean, I, they killed me for my perspective on that game uh, as it happened. I was at the game. I was completely disappointed. I felt like it was a big game where you couldn't afford to lose, especially when you handed the Texans 14 points in the first half. I mean, on two fumbles. I mean, just literally gave them two scores. And you still managed to get in a position where you could tie. I felt that was more important. But – like I said, most Colts fans did not agree with me on that. And I think a lot, like I said, a lot of Colts fans kind of look at it in, in, a, in another way that that move by Frank Reich to go for the win may have set the Colts up to be on, you know, the five game winning streak that they had. And I don't know how much I necessarily buy into that, but I think it's quite plausible. You know what I mean? I think that the it could have given the Colts you know, that confidence in their coach to say, you know, guys, let's get this together. We've got to go on a streak. We had a loss here. Our coach trusted us. We didn't come through. And now we've got to go do something about it. And they did. Whether or not the two played off of each other, who knows? But, you know, I I guess you just kind of see how the, the season possibly could pull out. And this is about the way I expected it to go around 500 all the way through the season. And, when you have a team like the Texans now who've gone on a bit of a run, then, you know, you're you're in trouble if, if you can't match them the whole season. So um, yeah, the Colts have kind of put themselves in this position uh, to a bit of a point. But at the same time, the Colts are the Texans right now, you know, they, they're several games ahead of the rest of the group. 
And this, you know, one tie is doesn't look to be something that's really going to come into play unless the Texans just lay an egg the rest of the season. Right, right. And and I, I want to get to that win streak that the, the Colts have. And I mean, we saw them, uh, you know, earlier in the season. And, and I think Texans fans might not have seen the Colts much since then. So I want to ask you what's been going right. But first, uh, just want to remind everybody, the Texans are actually favored by four and a half points. And if you think you can make some money off of this game, just go to mybookie.ag, our partners over there, because who you're betting on, it's just as important as who you're betting with. They've been in business for years. They've got great reviews. Their mobile site's easy to use. And we can only recommend a service that's been good to us. That's why we urge you to make your way to mybookie. They've got in-game live betting over... Unders on fantasy points scored and the most rewarding player perks in the business. If you're willing to deposit after 6 p.m., they'll get you an additional $25 free play on deposits over $100. Join now and MyBookie matches your deposit dollar for dollar. Just use the promo code. You can only get here with LockedOn and the LockedOn Network. That LockedOn25 is the promo code we've told you before, but maybe you said, ah, I don't want to try it this time, uh, but now I'm starting to see the light. Uh, so if you wait till 6 p.m. It's it's locked on 25, the promo code. You can get that extra $25 free play by using our exclusive offer. Just go ahead, wait till after dinner, wait till after 6 p.m. Take the extra money because by bookie, you play, you win, you get paid. All right, Matt, uh, just, yeah, tell us about the Colts uh, since that Win streak started. I mean, what's the difference? What what are they doing? What what all connected in the last few few games? Last uh, time we saw them was uh, you know the, both teams were not doing all that well. No, well, the Colts put together a running game. You know the the running game came together. They they looked to be you know averaging what about five you know a little more than five yards per carry there for a while between the three backs that they were using. Marlon Mack was showing some explosiveness. The good vision. Um, you know, the good timing and patience, you know, that you really wanted to see from him last year, the Colts fans hoped that they would see this year. The offensive line was fantastic. You know, Andrew Luck was getting plenty of time to throw downfield, uh, something we did not see Sunday. You know, they allowed a lot of pressure. So, I mean, you can see the difference in that. Um, Andrew Luck was making good decisions. Eric Ebron was in and, and, and really putting forth you know, some really good productive games. You had uh, Jack Doyle was still in. Uh, I think that does play a part. But more importantly, and probably something that I've said several times, is that this defense has been doing enough to allow the Colts to basically rely on their offense to make plays. And the defense has turned every single team over this season. They've been flying to the ball. They've been good enough in coverage. They're not allowing a bunch of big plays. And I think that when you add all that together with the fact that Andrew Luck has been, you know, pretty much phenomenal throughout the season, aside from Sunday in this league, everybody knows that you've got a quarterback or if you've got a quarterback that can make plays and and be dominant in some games that you've got a real task ahead of you just to stay close. So I think that they've done a good job. And plus, Frank Reich's been a phenomenal coach to this point, I think. I think he's been great especially in his first season. He's done a lot to get the, uh, you know, not necessarily the momentum going throughout the season, but he's done a lot to get the confidence up of various groups uh, um, with good coaching from the uh, Googe, the offensive line coach. Uh, Matt Eberflus has done a good job of getting the confidence up of the defense. And I think that Frank Reich in general, not only the the players, but I think he's 
done a good job of getting the confidence up up of the staff to where they feel comfortable making their own calls and they kind of are all buying into the same thing. So I think even though we had saw the Colts go on a solid five game run, uh, it looked like that they were going to, you know, kind of push the Texans as they continued their streak for the AFC South. I think the Colts still have a slight chance to get in as a wild card berth playoff team, but Ultimately, I probably believe that we're going to end up seeing the final result that a lot of us thought. Probably eight and eight. I mean, it could be better. It could be a game worse. It, right now, it looks like everybody's prediction, more or less, for the team preseason is kind of where they're going to end up. You know, they had they lost some games they shouldn't have lost. They shouldn't have lost the first round against the Texans. They shouldn't have lost the game against the Bengals, and they shouldn't have lost their uh, matchup with the Eagles, in my opinion. All those games were easily winnable. They had opportunities to win. They failed. Um, then they go on a five-game win streak, and the two kind of even themselves out. And I expect kind of the last four games of the season for the Colts to probably be some something similar. Maybe they have a chance to win three of the last four. Maybe they don't. You know, it just kind of depends on how this team reacts. We've seen both the ups and the downs. And the positives and negatives from this team, it kind of is just going to be interesting to see if they can remain consistent or if they kind of fall into some of the categories that they've fallen in earlier in the season. Is this the old Andrew Luck? Is that what you've seen uh, in the last few games? Is he just back to the same, same guy that uh, you saw a couple of years ago? He's better right now. I mean, he's had his, his that was by far his worst game Sunday. But if you look at the rest of the season, he's he's been more accurate. He's been more calm, more calm, better in the pocket. He's been able to step up and climb the pocket because of the offensive line that he's got ahead of him right now. Is this the best offensive line that the Colts have had? And maybe before uh, the Peyton Manning uh, later years, is, how, how good has this offensive line been? They've definitely been the best offensive line that Andrew Luck's ever had. I, I think that probably in the last couple years of Peyton Manning's career, they were pretty bad as well, but Manning had some pretty good lines uh, you just never really got a chance to see whether they could block for a long period of time because Peyton always had the ball out pretty quick. He was so decisive and was able to get uh, defenses to kind of show themselves a little bit. Andrew Luck still, in my opinion, still learning a little bit about making the defenses show themselves. I feel like he's a little impatient at the line. I, I don't like the fact that they go up and try to get every like too many times they go up and try to quick snap a defense. And that just does not work in the NFL because all the defense has to do is react to the ball being snapped. The offense has to be timed. And I don't like the combination of third down, fourth down opportunities, getting up to the line of scrimmage and trying to quick snap a defense. Well, it works for the Patriots against the Texans all the time. <laughs> it works for a couple different teams, but I just don't think that the Colts have proven that they can do that. I, you know, it's just one of the things that they haven't done. I mean, to each their own, I guess, so to speak, is kind of my approach to it. Um, I, I just I, Andrew Luck is the best he's been right now. He still has a couple things that he needs to work on, but I think Andrew Luck is a phenomenal talent. He's definitely, in my opinion, one of the top five, six quarterbacks in the NFL. And he just has, you know, there's just things that he has to be cognizant of that, you know, don't best suit his game, in my opinion. And the more he gets to the line of scrimmage and is able to look over the defense, the better that the offense is going to be. 
And he, I think that they need to realize that. I want to get into this coming matchup this week and just what you're seeing or what you think you need to see from the Colts in this one. But uh, remind everybody first that uh, if you're enjoying the show, tell your friends, let them know they can find us on Spotify, the Google Podcast app, iTunes, Stitcher, tons of ways to find the podcast. You can also support us by sharing our show links on Twitter or Facebook with your friends, your followers. Uh, kind of gets us out there so more people can uh, listen to the show and we can continue to bring you the show as well. Just take a few seconds, rate us on iTunes as well, say something nice to it, nice about us over there. And you can also email LockedOnTexans at Mail.com uh, for questions or comments because we definitely want to bring you into the conversation. All right, Matt, Matt, let's get into this week's matchup. And uh, w- what do you need to see from the Colts in this game? What are you looking at matchup-wise on both sides of the ball? Offensively, obviously, the Colts have to protect better than they did this past week. Um, they need to get their running game going. <clears throat> Two really important aspects, I think, for the Colts uh, offensively and just in general setting the tone for the game. They do a good job of mixing and matching what they are going to put forward offensively when the running game is at least some semi-productive. If you can at least uh, expect a three-yard gain from an, uh, from the running backs, then you've got Andrew Luck even better. And like I said, defensively, they've turned everybody over. They have to continue that because we don't really know how the game is going to go um, You know, from start to end. We don't know if the Colts are going to you know, have a couple of bad drives at the beginning of the game. We don't know if it's going to be in the second half of the game. So, I mean, the the team right now just isn't, uh, I guess they're just not a full, uh, a complete team right now, obviously. And they have to be able to rely on every aspect of the game. And the Colts have to have complete games right now uh, to win them. And I think especially against a team that's on the run that the Texans are on, you know, Deshaun Watson has been pretty much fantastic their defense is really playing pretty well the Colts have to be able to stop you know or at least minimize you know what the defense can do against them uh, up in the trenches so I mean really honestly I would go through like two or three keys of the game Robert with you but I really think that it just has to be an all-inclusive game between all aspects they can't afford to screw up special teams they can't afford to miss field goals they cannot afford to allow big plays they can't afford to allow a running game from the Texans that they have in the past. And the Colts right now look good against the run. You know, I think this past week they only allowed 2.9 yards per carry. Their running game uh, defensively has been pretty good, the Colts, and they've got a lot of things that are going well for them. They've got, like I said, they've got to turn them over. They've just got to be consistent through all aspects of the game, and it's just really just that simple. You can't point out one thing or another because we've seen, even when Andrew Luck is really good, if somebody else lets that other, you know, uh, rises on the teeter totter while he fall or while they fall, then you just you you are in a bad position. So um, Andrew Luck's got to be good, and he's got to be real good, and then everybody else around him's got to be at least good. And that's something that the Colts are just going to have to face the reality of throughout the rest of the season. They cannot have have one aspect of, of their game fall or they are going to be either in a tight game or they're going to lose. We talked about Justin Reed in the rookie of the year competition, but you know, he he's I don't think he's in that category that the Colts linebacker Darius Leonard is. Tell us about him and do you feel like he's going to win defensive rookie of the year? Man, I think he should. 
You know, I mean, I know there's a couple of other guys out there that are deserving of consideration for sure. Man's got 122 tackles in his rookie year. He is he is good in all aspects of the position. He's not fantastic in all aspects, but he is really good in a lot of them. I mean, he does well in coverage. He is a instinctual linebacker that the Colts desperately needed this year, and he has proven to be everything of that and more. And so, I mean, he, he like I said, he flows to the ball. He sifts through the traffic at the second level really well. He does pretty good job getting off blocks, but he's patient when he does that. You know, he's not a guy who's trying to release himself immediately. Uh, he's a guy who wants that running back to commit, and then he releases and gets the gets the tackle. You know, it, it's something that some people see as a negative. I see it as a positive because when you overcommit as a linebacker, it's only one foot in the ground for a running back to to make you look silly. And I would rather have a guy be patient, give up an extra yard or two at some point, and just make sure that it's a certain tackle. And that's that's one of the best things about him, in my opinion. Is he's a sure tackler. He's a guy who wraps up every time. You never see him fly through just trying to bullet somebody. And I think when you have the combination of him, um, I really think that him and Anthony Walker playing off each other has boosted Darius Leonard's game because he can rely on Anthony Walker uh, more so than most uh, linebackers have been able to rely on each other for the Colts in the past. So I think he's had a little bit of help from his supporting cast. But Darius Leonard is just an absolute baller right now. And, and I mean, he's got to be in the top two or three, I think, for defensive rookie of the year. And you, you probably got a couple of pro bowlers, right, from your rookies? I mean, it's pretty, uh, pretty possible at this point. Yeah, you can, you can make an argument for Leonard. You can definitely make an argument for Quentin Nelson. I mean, they've got uh, – I mean, and they're getting good production from their rookies. I, you see Tyquan Lewis has come on since coming off IR, and he's looked really good. They matched him up, you know, with Eric Flowers this past week, and he was getting pressure the whole time. And then you see a guy like Kamoko Ture, who's a kind of a, a guy who, without that physicality, the, like a guy like Taekwon Lewis has right now, he's a speed rusher, and he's going to lose some snaps because Lewis is in there. But he's also a guy who has a definite role, a very specific role. And some of these rookies right now are showing a lot of production. We're starting to see a little more production and a little more uh movement from the 2017 class as well so i mean it, all in all you have to like the the youth of this colts team and i think that within the next year or so uh maybe two you're going to really start to see some of these guys start to flourish and start to make real names for themselves in the end here i mean what do you what do you think is going to happen do you, do you feel like the colts uh have a chance at this game and and, and uh you know what do you see for the texans i mean do you feel like uh, this is a team that can compete with the other teams in the playoffs? Have you had a chance to see them uh, much beyond uh, the games that the, they played against the Colts earlier in the year? I haven't seen a whole lot of them, but I've seen enough of them to know um, that they you know, can put it all together and be as, as, as top-notch as anybody in the league. I, I also, also, obviously, and I think even Texans fans would agree with me here, that when, they, when they're bad, they're bad when they're good, they're really good, you know, and they're, they're a team that has found the consistency. It seems like right now, which is really important because through the middle of the season, you've got to get, you've got to stack wins, man. And when people, when teams can do that and continue to stack wins, regardless of the opponent, you obviously put yourself in a position to 
you know, like they are right now. They're, what, two or three games ahead of everybody else in the division right now. They can afford to work on some other things. They can afford to kind of move some guys around and see what they can make out of it as the backstretch of the season comes along. So they're, they're a team, I think, that can afford to kind of take some chances here at the end of the season and see if something might put them over the top or might be, uh, you know, uh, something that doesn't work so well for them and they can at least test it out. You know, it's one of those things that you get the, the ability to do when you have a lead in your division, regardless of what the rest of the NFL is doing. Um, uh, right now, the Texans are a team that the Colts absolutely have to you know, take the approach to that they've done in the past. I mean, T.Y. Hilton has murdered the Texans in, in Houston every year, every game almost. And he's got to be on point uh, uh, to do that, too. So I think that that's one of the things that the Texans will focus on for sure, which means that the rest of this uh, uh, Colts wide receiver group has to step up. And Andrew Luck's got to be able to hit him in stride. And Andrew Luck's got to be able to read this defense and, and not fall into some of the disguises that, they, that they've run. So um, it's going to be a, t- it's a big battle, man. This week, I think um, – I think that the I, I, I wish that I had a definitive answer for you because I've seen so much positive from the Colts and how they can just take a team over. But I've also seen, obviously, like this last week where it looks like they can't sustain a drive, and even the ones they do, they're not scoring. Uh, at least they didn't this past week. So I think it'll still be a tight game. The Colts play well in Houston. And I think that you've got a one-score game, maybe you know a nine-point game either way in either direction. I would. I'm still going to uh, give the Colts the 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 nod, but I I don't. If the Colts, let me put it this way: if the Colts win, I'm going to have. I'm going to give them three points as as the winner. I mean, I, I just I just can't see them blowing the Texans out. However, on the other hand, the Texans, from what they've shown in the past several weeks, if they get on a run, it could be a nine point. 11 12 point game you know what i mean so that's kind of where i'm at with this i I, i'm having a hard time picking a winner but i can see both aspects of if either team is successful throughout the game how the game should end up and i like i said three points or less if the colts win and i think that if the texans take it then it'll probably be close to a double digit win Okay, Matt, you're, uh, let me get it. If I get everything right here, you're doing SB Nation Stampede Blue. You're right for them. You're, you're doing the, the Colts Cast podcast. Is that correct? That's right. And it's uh, M Danely, D A N E L Y S B, if people want to follow you on Twitter, correct? Yep. M Danely SB on Twitter, the Stampede Blue Colts Cast. And we've got several hosts over there now on the Stampede Blue Podcast Network. So, uh, interesting thing. Several different podcasts going up through there so it's a lot of fun to uh, get that we've got Stephen holder from the athletic doing a show chris blystone's doing a show for us and uh and mike colt's cast as well so um if you guys want to catch any other views you guys can check that as well as far as for this matchup or maybe some of the afc south stuff going forward it's always good to catch up with you looking forward to sunday uh thanks so much for doing this matt anytime robert thanks for having me man Thanks a bunch, and uh we're gonna come at you tomorrow with our uh friend andy rio who is our man with fantasy football and everything that's going on in the NFL, our NFL expert as well. Don't forget to go to Locked On Texans. Brian, my co-host, off for this one. But Alice of Houston, you know where to catch him over there. Houston Sports Talk, that's where I am at. Houston Sports Talk, the podcast. That's all we got for this one. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. And as always, thanks for making us 
a part of your week. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Oh, <laughs> 